Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Can faith save him? It's simply a profession. This is what James is talking about. It's simply a profession of faith, a profession of belief in God. To say, I believe, but then continue on as usual. Is that faith? Have we truly believed? Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it it proof there? What is by these works, is it proof that indeed you truly have faith? You see, a child of God, a Christian, doesn't doesn't do as he pleases, he does as the Lord pleases. That that should be the desire of his heart. That should be where he's focused at. That as we sing the song there, be thou my vision, it that should be our desire for our Lord, that that He would be forefront in our minds and in our hearts, that, that we would be found faithful to Him in our everyday lives. That it would be our desire to know Him. Our desire to serve Him. Our desire to learn more of Him. Grow in Him. That it would be the desire of our hearts. Not just the duty. There's nothing wrong with duty. Don't misunderstand. There's nothing wrong with with having a duty to do the things of God. But that duty that we have has to be backed up with a heart. With a desire for it. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 5. Paul says here, For... For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. For they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, he says, is enmity. Against God. It's it's an enemy against Him. It is a hated thing against Him. The carnal mind. The mind of this world. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh, cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 
And so Paul's saying the exact same thing here as James is declaring concerning our faith. If we have real faith, then it's going to change our thinking. It's going to change our, our minds. It's going to change our hearts. We'll, we'll desire the things of God, he's saying. It's going to produce those works in us. Faith, if a man has faith, real faith, and works will follow that. That's what James is telling us. Paul says here in, in Galatians chapter number 2, Galatians chapter number 2, Galatians 2 verse number 16, Paul says here, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Amen? Amen. It's by the faith of Christ that we are justified. It's by Him that we are made clean. It's by Him that we are redeemed. It's not anything that we can do to justify ourselves. No works that we can perform to justify ourselves. But then Paul goes on to say here in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9, he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So Paul's point to us here as is James' point in James chapter 1, that if we have that faith come by Christ, if we have that faith given us in Him, it's, it's going to be seen in us, in our well-doing, in our service for the Lord, in our walk with Him. It's going to be made evident in us, you see, these works of faith. Notice Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and verse 9. I love the book of Ephesians. Oh my, I love it. Paul says here in verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, that, not of yourselves, that faith, even that is not something that that we have in us. That faith is that which God has given us. It's a gift from Him. As He goes on to say, it is the gift of God. So His grace and His faith, that's what He saves us by, and it's both of these are from Him. Not works, He says in verse 9, lest any man should boast. But then He says in verse 10, <laughs> for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God, God has for us in the faith that He has given us, in the salvation that He has worked in us, He has for us good works to perform that He has purposed for us to do. 
And in the doing of those works, in the, in the working of these things that He has given for us, these good works that He has purposed for us to do in our lives, it is by those good works that show forth we have real faith. Because I wouldn't be able to do those works but by God. And so this is what this is what James is describing for. John Calvin said this faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. It shows itself. It shows itself in our lives. Now, James goes on to say here in verse 15, he gives us some examples here to look to. He says, if a brother or sister, verse 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? You see their needs... They are hungry and they have no clothes. And you say, God bless you. Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. And we don't meet the need, especially when we have the ability to meet the need, and we don't meet the need, and go about our way. James says, what does it profit? How did that help? That we say good words. nothing wrong with the words. The words were nice. The words were good. But if we're not meeting the need, what good does the words do? Even so faith, he says, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. If all we can point to in our lives is, I believe, I believe, I have faith, if that's all you can point to, it's all you can point to, he's saying your faith is dead, because it has to have, it has to have proof, it has to be shown, it has, there, there's going to be works that's going to back it up, if it's real faith. Yea, a man may say, verse 18, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith, he says, without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. And James, to James' point, he says again, verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's right. But the devils believe the same thing. And they believe it, he says, and they tremble. 
They believe it and they, they know the reality of God. James says, if all you're pointing to is your belief, if all you're pointing to is the fact that you, you have some kind of faith and there's no works to show otherwise in you, he said, you're just like the devils. Your faith is dead. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Paul says there in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, that true faith, true faith, true salvation in Christ Jesus, that produces something in us. It produces these fruits that he lists for us here in this passage. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These things are produced in the heart, in the life of a child of God. These things are seen in us as we walk by faith. Leitner said, of course, one cannot be saved without faith. But that faith is simply the medium through which the Holy Spirit works to bring us to Christ and Christ to us. We are saved through faith, not on the account of our faith. And then he says, real faith is confidence in God despite seemingly hopeless odds and contradiction. Real faith is obedient faith and resurrection faith. Real faith is obedient faith and resurrection faith. Faith faith is our hope in Christ. And that hope in Him produces in us that desire for Him. That desire of faithfulness to Him. James gives two illustrations here in our text. First of Abraham, and then of Rahab. To prove his point, that this faith is worked out, this faith is proven that comes to pass. And he says there in verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong chapter. Let me jump back here. Just so happened it was about Abraham right there in that same spot. <laughs> verse 21, right there, he says, was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, 
Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Now go back to to Genesis chapter number 15. Genesis 15, verse number 6. Genesis 15, verse number 6. Now here is the promise to Abraham of the promised seed being born in his house. And being born, in fact, the Lord has already told him, to Sarah. And it says there that he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham tried to make God's promise fit. He says, well, I have this Eleazar of Damascus, my servant. Can he be my heir? Lord said, no. That's not my promise to you. My promise to you is I'm going to give Sarah a child, and it is through him that your seed shall be called. In Isaac he'll go on to say, shall thy seed be called. So God gives the promise. He reiterates the promise. He gives the promise again. And then, well, all right. How's God going to do this? He's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be able to keep his promise. We're going to have to help him out. And Sarah says, well, hey, how about Hagar? I'll give you Hagar, my handmaid, and you can, you can make her pregnant, and through, through that, that'll be the seed. We'll fulfill the promise of God. Of course, Ishmael is born. And Abraham says, here it is, Lord, we got it. We solved your problem. And God said, no, you didn't. You made a bigger problem. You made a bigger problem. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then he says, Isaac is born. A miracle. An absolute miracle. Abraham's a hundred years old. And Isaac, his son, is born. God fulfills his promise to him. And then he comes to Abraham in chapter 22. And he says, now Abraham... Go offer Isaac as a burnt sacrifice to me. I don't know what Abraham thought fully. I don't know how Abraham reacted fully. There may have been some lies. I don't know. The Lord didn't give us those. But Abraham gets Isaac. He 
He gets two servants and said, all right, boys, we're going to go to the mountain that God's told me of. And we're going to make a sacrifice there on the mountain for the Lord. It says here in chapter 22, beginning in verse 1, It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, I love this verse, because we see Abraham's faith here. Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad, I and the lad, I and Isaac will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. We're going to go up the mountain, the two of us, and the two of us are going to come down the mountain. That's Abraham's faith. Paul tells us over there in Hebrews chapter 11 exactly what Abraham was thinking in that moment. Because he tells us there that that Abraham knew God's promise. That Isaac, it would be an Isaac that his seed should be called. It would be an Isaac that this nation would be formed. It would be an Isaac that God would bless him with this promise that he's given him. And so if it's in Isaac, then I'm going to go to the top of that mountain. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to go up there and sacrifice my son because that's what God told me to do. And God's going to raise him from the dead up on that mountain. And we're going to come back down together because God's faithful to His promises. God will keep what He says He will do. That was Abraham's faith. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 17. Paul says, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. Abraham, as he was going up the mountain there with Isaac, Isaac said, Daddy, we've got the wood, we've got the fire. Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. 
will provide himself a lamb. Oh, and that's exactly what he did. He says, verse 18, He offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up. Even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In other words, Abraham said, if I was dead and God gave me Isaac and fulfilled that promise, then he can raise Isaac from the dead and fulfill the rest of the promise that he's given me. I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and I and the lad are going to come right back down to you again. It's faith. Faith showed itself. It proved it. You see, by the words, His obedience to God. I'll obey. I don't understand it, Lord. I don't fully grasp what's going on. I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs. But I know what you've told me. I know what you've promised. And I believe your promises. And I will be obedient. I will be obedient to you. His faith showed itself. Does your faith show itself? Does your faith, does your belief, does it show itself in your life? And people come up to you and say, mm, your faith is showing. Is your faith showing? Second Corinthians thirteen. Paul uses also there in verse twenty five and verse twenty six concerning Rahab and her faith. I don't know how long she'd had the faith. But it's a remarkable faith that she had. Because all, all she describes is, we've heard that you all are coming and that your God, we know, she said, your God is going to give you victory over this city. I, we know, I know, she's telling me, that your God is the truth. And she was willing to hide those spies because she knew God was the truth. She was willing to help them because she knew God was the truth. Simple faith. It was a simple faith, but it produced work in her. It showed itself. Her faith was shown. Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 5, Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. 
Know ye not your own selves how that Christ, that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Is your faith real? Is your faith showing? Is it alive? Is it alive in you? Examine yourselves. Let's all stand. Brother Gordon, would you bring us a song?